So, I guess it's just a public service announcement from <laughs> me and yeah. Unscripted, or at least this half of Unscripted. Don't be such a tool. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to this week's episode of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is the Commodore of Cohesive Marketing Campaigns, <laughs> the Midshipman of Marketing, the Admiral of Advertising Specialties, the Good Doctor from Coshocton, Ohio, the Good Time Player Man, Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I am doing so great. Doing so great, and I get better each and every week with some of these awesome names, and I love that uh, Mark Graham and those guys are starting to vote on their favorites. That's exciting. So, uh, how are you? I'm doing great, and you know, if I had a vote, what I'd vote for, Kirby? What's that, Bill? I'd vote for AIM Smart EQP. You know, it's the time of year. We're almost to the middle of March. The temperatures are arising. The days are getting longer, and clients are coming out of that winter hibernation, and they're ready to buy some promotional products. I'm sure you're seeing it in your distributorship. So don't get in front of another prospect or client before you take a look at how the AIM Smart EQP community can help you grow your top-line sales and those ever-important bottom-line profits. I mean, how much more competitive could you be, dear listener, with their unique combination of EQP buying power from more than 100 of the industry's top suppliers? Those quality connections with many of the brightest minds in the industry and cutting-edge training to help you grow your sales and profits fast. So go ahead and take a moment now. Visit smarteqp.com unscripted in the browser of your choosing, and you'll get the free details on how you can join the AIM Smart EQP community. Give yourself that advantage you need to jumpstart those spring sales with your very next sales call by joining that AIM Smart EQP community. Again, the address again is, AIM, is uh, sorry, smarteqp.com slash unscripted. Kirby, they're not going to be sorry they did. That is absolutely correct, my friend. All right, so as the Admiral of Advertising Specialties, are you ready to light this candle and broadcast at a platinum level today? I am, sir. I am. Excellent. I want, as always, I want to thank you for having the courage to do this podcast. Kirby, do you have the courage to start us off with a topic today? Yeah, I actually want to start uh, with a topic that's uh, in the industry for a change as opposed to my buffet line topics. Um, I'm still right on the buffet line talk, by the way, just for the record. I've had many people reach out to me and, and understand my whole issues with any restaurant that has a sneeze guard. <laughs> no, I don't necessarily disagree, but I, I think that uh, it's, it, it actually speaks to the idea that that wasn't such a terrible topic after all, if that many people were reaching out to you. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. You yeah. start believing it. All right. So within the industry, yep. I want to talk about uh, the uh, PPAI board. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I think is interesting, and you and I have sort of talked about this months and months ago, but we've never talked about it here on the podcast, is sort of the makeup of the board. Now, okay. uh, full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a big fan of PPAI. I think Paul Bellantone, the team uh, that he has there, do a great job. And uh, honestly, I actually think the board, the folks that are on the board are really doing a great job. But I think just for this, the sake of this discussion, I think that the board is missing a, a, a representative representative, representation, however you want to call it, mm -hmm. of a big uh, industry player. Okay. And I'm bringing the topic up because 
let's face it, you sort of are in this uh, mix of industry players, and that's sort of the service provider. Uh, right. if, if I understand correctly, the board is not represented by service providers. And I think when you think of the service providers uh, that are out there, uh, whether it be a common SKU, whether it be a distributor central, whether it be a, uh, a promo corner, not only are they um, really missing, I think, a big piece of what the industry has, but also the brain trust of yep. some of the, the best minds in the industry as well. And so I have a feeling I know how you feel about this, but I wanted to be the one that brought it up and just said, what do you think? Well, uh, good question, Kirby. So let me go ahead and um, let me go ahead and kind of recuse myself from this. If I may uh, quote uh, or paraphrase Lyndon Johnson, I shall not seek and I will not accept any nomination for the PPAI board. <laughs> fair, um, fair. And that wasn't obviously the reason I, know, I brought this but, up. But I'm going to go ahead and say that. Yep. So the way the PPAI board is constructed, and like you, I want to be real clear here, huge fan of PPAI, huge fan of the board. I, I think I'm good friends with about six people on the board and friends with the rest of them. So right. I, I really know the board very, very well, yep. as do you. And uh, they do a great job. They do mm-hmm. an absolute great job. By per the bylaws, um, if you are a service provider, you may not sit on the PPAI board. And I found that out a few years ago. I was asked by the nominating committee if I would be willing to run. My question was, <laughs> or I, I was interested at that time, and I said, you know, that would be interesting. I said, but I've never seen anyone but a supplier or distributor sit on the board. And they got back to me and said, yes, by the bylaws, someone who works for a service provider cannot sit on the board. And like you, I do think you're missing a piece. So the way the board is currently constructed, you have five suppliers and five distributors, and then you have one at-large appointed seat. So the suppliers and distributors are voted on, and then the at-large is appointed. And I'm not sure exactly how that process works. Full disclosure, I really don't know how that works. Right. I think it would be very interesting to have that at-large person, because you need to have some imbalance on the board so that, you know, ties can be broken right you have to have an odd number i think it would be very interesting to have that person um, be from a service provider in the bylaws that they would have that person who is appointed has to be a service provider because as service providers we serve both uh, distributors and suppliers and so we're almost kind of like switzerland in, in a manner of speaking yeah. And so, like I said, I don't think it's something I would be interested in right now. But when you think about excluding people like a David Schultz, yeah. someone who's very bright, very smart, and has a lot of great ideas, someone like a Catherine Graham or Mark Graham, um, I think you're I think you're missing the boat. Now, I, I know that in the past, um, the argument has been, well, as a service provider, you can serve any industry. You just happen to serve the promotional products industry. Mm-hmm. And there's merit to that point. Um, cause in that manner speaking, it's like FedEx. FedEx is a service provider to the promotional products industry. They sure. provide services to suppliers and distributors, but I'd be willing to bet there's not one person on that board that wouldn't love this chief marketing officer of FedEx to sit on the PPAI board and share right. their thoughts. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it would have to be a bylaw change. And again, I, I think it's, it's a, an appointed seat. 
a two-year term um, just to kind of have that at that group represented. And again, not something I'm interested in. So I really do want to recuse myself from, from the conversation on that perspective. But as someone who has been in the promotional products industry for 18 years, someone who cares very deeply about the growth of our industry and the health of our industry, I do think that the board is missing that voice. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting is I am right now. I'm on the RAC board, the Regional Associational uh, Association Council board, which is kind of like the uh, you know PPAI board junior, for lack right. of a better term. We are the liaison between PPAI and the regional associations, and I am vice president of that board. I am incoming president of that board. I can serve on that board, but it, it, it doesn't matter that I'm a service provider. But I couldn't serve on the PPAI board. And again, it's not a Bill Petrie discussion, as I speak of myself very strangely in third person. <laughs> It's just the fact that I have service provider attached to my name. And so that's kind of a little, I I think it's just a missed opportunity. I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. I think you're just missing such a great opportunity to have some really smart people in them. Because I've had the pleasure of serving on many committees at PPAI and many task forces. And it's always an honor. And the people in that room, I've sat in there with Mark Graham before. I've sat in there with David Schultz before. I've sat in there with Catherine Graham. So very smart people who are not technically in the promotional products industry by the terms of PPAI. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, one of my things about business and organizations is I want the smartest people in the room. And, right. And, well, then, and, then definitely I don't need to be in there. Yeah, well, nor, nor I. But uh, one of the things I would say is, and, and gosh, I feel like this is a backhanded shot at the P- current PPAI board. And man, that is not what I'm saying. It's I know not it's, at all. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a shot at all. It's yeah. just... It, it's it's. I think it's time to just look at the bylaws. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So I didn't mean to cut you off, which meant I actually meant to cut you off. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if we are excluding a group of people who we most of us agree are very smart people, I think that's just a strategic mistake and something that might be looked at moving forward. So again, that was it's the topic. just it's a bylaw change. You have to look at the bylaws. We just, for example, I, I'm I'm immediate past president of the Promotional Products Association, the Mid South Board. And we had to look at our bylaws. They were so old that we had a committee for a, a telephone tree. That's how old the bylaws were. So you, you have to look at them occasionally to make sure that you're relevant. And I think you can really add to the relevancy by by making sure that the service provider group is represented. It And by making it not an electable position but an appointed one, you can make sure you're getting the right person in there. Yeah. Cool. All right. Excellent. All right, Kirby. So we are. It looks like we're going to be promotional products heavy this week, which is okay. always a good thing. I don't know if you've ever been on Facebook before, but there is a promotional <laughs> products professionals group on there. Are you familiar with this group? I think I've heard of it. Yes. All right. Well, we've had another kerfuffle, Kirby. <laughs> we we almost need theme music for that. Yeah, we do. So there was a person who decided to vent, uh, and this was pointed out to me by uh, someone who's a supplier, wants to remain anonymous. Okay. And this person was not complaining about the specific person, just the actions. Just okay. like, really, can't we... Isn't there a better way to get things done than venting on on Facebook? And basically, this was... I'm just going to read a little bit of this post. Ugh, what's wrong with vendors these, these days? Orders are handled wrong. Lost. Not shipped on time. It's driving me nuts. I rely on my vendors to do their job so I can do mine. <coughs> it's making me cough. I'm so upset. Yep. Um, I rely on my vendors to do their job so I can do mine. Anyone else having these issues or have they all targeted me this year? <laughs> 
There are 86 responses to this post, Kirby. <laughs> and <laughs> and this person named the companies in the post, which, first of all, I think is the re- most ridiculous thing to do. If you've got an issue, I'm just, you can respond to this or you don't. Maybe this is a one-sided topic, Kirby. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you've got a problem with a supplier who has wronged you or made a mistake, because God forbid people make mistakes in, in our industry, if they made a mistake, don't. Going on Facebook and venting, or any social media for that matter, and venting, calling people out is not the way to get it resolved. The way to get that resolved in a professional manner is to direct contact that company directly. And if you can't get someone to respond, absolutely it's okay to go on social media. Hey, is there anyone from company X? I'm really having an issue and I can't seem to get a hold of somebody. That's right. fine. I don't think anybody has an issue with that, but when you call them out and she said, they say, oops, can't do nothing about it. I doubt very seriously that was the actual response. Oh, that's hilarious. So I guess it's just a public service announcement from me and Unscripted, or at least this half of Unscripted. Don't be such a tool on that page. If you got a problem with the supplier, address it directly with them. Don't go on their scorching earth because you know what happened? It actually got resolved, but the post is still up there. Yeah. And that's all people read. They read the headline. And so... Company X and Company Y suck, and even though you know they resolved the problem, and who knows the actual reasons why? We don't care about that, man. I just mm-hmm. want people to scorch Earth, and, and I'm tired of the scorching Earth. I'm tired of that. Yeah, no. It, so this is not going to surprise you in the sense that I agree. I it, it, my big thing is is by the way, this is not just on the the promotional products page. Literally, any time I ever see, I come across a page that say, okay, I just need to vent. I, mm-hmm. I scroll past that so fast, it'll make your head sp- I, like. I don't give a shit about you venting right. on Facebook. I think that's dumb. I think it's counterproductive right. for everyone involved, regardless of the situation. I really well, do. And so the idea that you're going on there and naming names, boy, be, be real careful because yeah. your clients can do that to you too. Right. Well, and, and this person has been a, a member of the Promotional Products Professionals Group for less than a year, which tells me this person's been part of the industry probably for less than a year. Um, so I agree. I, I see those things. I think I've broken uh, 14 different mice by scrolling so fast trying to get past those posts. <laughs> yeah. And here's the other thing. If you say, I need to vent, yeah, the term that immediately comes to mind is attention whore. <laughs> you need attention. Yeah. So. Go find somewhere else to get it because, honestly, it's counterproductive. And all it does is make suppliers not want to work with you and, and unfortunately, not want to work with a lot of people. Yeah. I, actually, that's a really good point. Is You're that damn I, right it is, Kirby. I think that, that that sort of behavior paints a picture of distributors. So as a distributor, it pisses me off because right. now all of a sudden when, when suppliers look at us as, as our side of the business and go, well, distributors are like this. No. That distributor is like that. Please don't lump me in. But you are, you are soiling my good reputation right. by by acting like a child on social media. So please stop it. Yeah, no, no question. All right. So that was my that was one I definitely wanted to bring up. So Kirby, I hope you have another topic. I do. I so um, I, can I, I'm going to transition into a little bit more of a fun one. Uh, All right. So, we uh, put out a new uh, piece of content that um, you did that uh, we, we are calling brandic dotes. 
Uh, so essentially, if you haven't seen it already, it's just we're we're talking to industry uh, professionals about you know what their favorite product is, right. what they think is underutilized, all that sort of thing. So I tell right. you all that to say <laughs> we were brainstorming what we were going to call it. Yep. And um, it was me and Dustin who does editing on this, and Josh, which is our graphic designer. And Josh is a very right. creative guy, and he um, he's sitting there, and you could just see him thinking real hard there was smoke coming out of his ears and you know you, i said are you okay <laughs> and he said i was thinking about the name of this thing and i was like well, what do you think mm-hmm. and he said i'm thinking brandicdotes and i was like yep Ooh, i kind of like that well dustin's sitting on the other side of the room and he kind of peeks his head up and he, he looks at me i was like i actually really kind of like that and he goes seriously branded goats Oh, goats. Come on. <laughs> and so the joke around the office is that that is now called branded goats. So Okay. And so the question, I guess, about this is, do you ever run into situations where it just goes totally sideways when you're trying to brainstorm? No. <laughs> All right. So um, I've got another topic, Kirby. Okay, um, good. <laughs> um, you know, brainstorming by its very definition <laughs> – is supposed to go sideways until you get to where you want to be. Um, one of my favorite stories back uh, back way long time ago when I worked at Halo and Lee Wayne, mm-hmm. and the great Jack Muherter was president of Lee Wayne at the time, and I had the good fortune of being on the management team, and he, we would have a weekly meeting. And when we had brainstorming, he'd say, hey, guys, remember, no bad ideas in brainstorming, and I'll never forget... I'll never forget he looked at me once because I, I don't remember what I had said the week before. He goes, yeah, no bad ideas in brainstorming, Bill, except for you. You have some really bad ideas. <laughs> um, but And he was joking, of yeah. course. At least that's what I tell myself so I can sleep at night. But uh, there are no bad ideas in brainstorming. The idea is you put a lot of things through the grinder and things either come – hopefully what comes out on the other end is really uh, better than branded goat. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> So I no, right. I think I think brand ectotes uh, is a really cool name for it, and no, I, brainstorming like I said by its nature, that's one of the things I I'm I'm struggle with because I work so much by myself. Yeah, I don't have someone to sound off to. I know I use you for that. I use Danny Rosen for that. I use uh, Dana Sesso for that, and several other people. I but, can't wait until you and Brandon are in the same office because I have a feeling you're going to have a lot of branded goats. Well, I have a feeling he's going to have to. I have, I have a feeling we're going to have a dress code policy. Is what I have a feeling. So, oh, that's funny. All right. Well, I, I have a quick one yeah. here as I go through my um, as I go through my list because I do keep a list, kind of a running list mm-hmm. of, of things. So, augmented reality um, has really come in the forefront on consumer products. Yep. I think you know the, the new iPhones. Whether you have the iPhone eight or the iPhone ten. Who knows what happened to the iPhone 9? <laughs> it has uh, augmented reality engine built into it. And so there are now games with augmented reality and, and other things. How do you see augmented reality impacting the promotional products world, Kirby? Yeah, so it's interesting. I actually had this conversation with a supplier uh, this past week. And I think that augmented reality is the next generation of like the QR code. Um, I think the biggest challenge is going to be getting end users to adopt the technology piece. But man, we were brainstorming. (laughs) No bad ideas, right? We were brainstorming some different ways um, that you could utilize um, augmented reality 
uh, just in the meeting the other day because I think so many times we go right to marketing, right? Yep. Um, and I was like, well, what about like a health and fitness thing where every month the augmented reality actually changes and just shows the new workout? Right. Or, you know what I mean? Like so that you're making the product interactive and then a reason to keep it, a reason to keep engaging with it. And right. I think as we look like that, and if we as a sort of as leaders in the industry are aggressive in that way, I think it really could have an, a super interesting place. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I happen to agree. In fact, I think, it, but I, I think you said it was, you know, kind of the next thing, the next big thing. I think it's here. Um, I, I've already, you know, next products has done some cool things with augmented reality. Um, with some door hangers, um, I remember at uh, SKUCon Chicago, uh, okay. almost two years ago, so a year and a half ago, they had door hangers, and you you downloaded a specific app, and when you open that app and it used the phone's camera, it listed the entire agenda on there, and you could nice. hit it and see the speakers and all this very very cool stuff. And so I think there's some real practical uh, things that will happen in our industry. And very quickly as well. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And I think what's key here is that we need to be sort of the leader in it. Like it's like we need to like, – this is a great example of where we can't be like, hey, this is a pen and it's on special. This no is question. about creating marketing campaigns. And I always say that, you know, a lot of times in our industry, I used to think that that – most of the industry was made up of marketers. Right. And I don't no. think that. I think no. that we have salespeople that sell marketing products. We need right. to be marketers if we exactly. want, if we want for the, this to take off. Well, we need here, – here's – I'll even – if I can expand on your point. For years, we have been um, led by retail and, more importantly and sadly, led by our clients. Yeah. I need this for a trade show. Instead of us saying, here's what you need to drive not only – activity at your booth at the trade show but conversion rates for the three months following the trade show when we start making the shift to that then we really elevate what we do and that's why i always hate the term swag because it always sounds like we're just selling crap we sell tangible marketing that moves people that's what we do and when we elevate to that when we aspire to be that kirby that's when things like augmented reality can really add to what we do. Because right now, adding augmented reality, if you're just uh, selling low-cost pens, it doesn't make sense. Right. doesn't no. make sense. No. You know what does make sense, though, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That everybody, everybody wants to experience simplicity, mm. right? I mean, that's one of the things I love about the good people and our good friends at Gold Star Pens. They make the buying process easy. Yes, they do. They make it almost frictionless, and you know how much I love that. <laughs> yes. They have that all-inclusive pricing. That includes all setup and decoration charges. They have free ground shipping on all their writing instruments, always. And they have standard 24- to 48-hour production time on their most popular styles. They have the largest standard imprint area on writing instruments. No additional fees for that, Kirby. None. Mm. Zero. So if you want to learn more, and damn it, I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to sign up for that free Simplicity Starter Kit, go to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. Sign up for that. Get that Simplicity Starter Kit. It really will help elevate your sales. And you're not just selling pens. You're selling writing instruments. That's right. And you know what else is frictionless, Bill? What's that, Kirby? It's the, the ink that goes on the paper from Goldstar oh, Pens. Oh, don't get me started on that ever smooth <laughs> ink. 
don't. I, even my voice changes. Don't get me started on that ever smooth ink. <laughs> Very FM radio. All right, Kirby. Oh, no, and I'm talking baseball voice there. Um, Kirby, are you ready to play some fill in the blank? I am ready to play. All right, Kirby. So David Ogden Styers, who played Winchester on MASH, one of my favorite shows growing up, passed away, leaving not too many people left who were on that show. Mm. So I assume you watched MASH growing up. Uh, A little bit, yes. This is where you say yes and not shit on my fill in the blank. Yes, I love that show. Awesome. (laughs) Your favorite MASH character is blank. Hawkeye. So, you mean, you know, a really smart-ass guy who drank quite a bit of martinis and and was, I mean, kind of a prankster. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Like, like, it's who I've modeled my life after is Hawkeye from MASH. So you've so you've modeled your life after <laughs> Hawkeye Pierce. Is that what I'm hearing? That's what you're hearing. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I I uh, <laughs> on behalf of the audience, I applaud that, Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. it. Explains a lot. I think it does. <laughs> it does. All right. So let's jump into this one. When someone says business golf, you think? Oh shit. <laughs> so I used to play quite a bit of golf. Um, I actually, in my younger years before, uh, we had children, I was actually a single digit handicapped or about eight or nine. I was actually a decent golfer. I was able to play all the time, right? I had time. Then kids came and it's hard to justify spending five hours out of the house on a weekend when you have twin boys. Yeah, for sure. And so handicap elevated. So whatever it was, 20, 22, I mean, nothing great, but I was always able to be respectable. And then three years ago, Kirby, I tore my Achilles. Uh oh. I haven't picked up a golf club since, except a few times when I've been at Top Golf. Okay. And so, if someone said, "Hey, Bill, need you to play in a business golf event next week," my first thought would be, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Because I don't, I don't have, I you know, I'm sure it's like I know it's like riding a bike to a certain extent, but to make 18 holes, and yeah. that would be that would be hard. Yeah. That would be difficult. That'd be very, very difficult. So I would kind of have a little bit of a panic for business golf. Now, I don't know if that's what you were asking. You might have been asking more in terms of can you get things done on a golf course. I've never found it to be the most productive place for me. I've I've built some great relationships on the golf course that I think have helped me, certainly. And hopefully the contrary has been true. I've helped them. But I can't say um, that's where business is done. Maybe I quote Michael Scott here. uh, Chili's. Is the new business is where business gets done. Okay, I like it. I like it. All right, Kirby. The worst nickname someone has ever given you is. Oh man. So definitely don't want to shit on your fill in the blank. But when you grow up with the name Kirby, um, like people generally don't give you a lot of nicknames. I guess when I was a kid, it was Kirby the Love Bug. But uh, that's, I mean, really, I have not had a ton of nicknames. Actually, it was one of the things, like, uh, when I was in college, that was a thing that you did in the fraternity that I joined. It was like, everybody had a nickname. Right. And, and everybody had the, all these really cool nicknames, and everybody was just like, I don't know, his name's Kirby. What do we call him? So I think what they decided was, after I uh, have had enough cocktails, I just leave. So they started calling me the Wanderer. So that's okay. about as exciting as my uh, my nicknames get. You know, as you told that story, I was thinking of one of my favorite movies in Animal House, and I was thinking of Bluto standing in front of you as you were in a line with your pledge class. <laughs> that's right. Your Delta Tau Kai name is... Pinto. <laughs> Your Delta Tau Kai name is Flounder. Why Flounder? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, so really quick funny about uh, story about the fraternity is at the end of the semester I was quoted in the school newspaper and they were asking people what your your um, traditions for finals week were and I mm-hmm. I was quoted in the paper that said. Uh, that said, I sell my books back to the bookstore and use the money to get drunk. And that mm-hmm. was actually in the school newspaper. And the guy, you know, that final week was yelling at me like, you think this is funny? You think this is funny? I was like, yeah, yeah, actually, I do think it's wow. pretty funny. <laughs> Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, All right. Okay. So let's see. The book that you have given out the most, as opposed to your favorite book, the book oh, you've given out as a gift the most is Purple Goldfish by Stan Phelps. Ooh. Hands down. I love it. Um, Stan is a mutual friend of ours. Yep. Um, and, and I'm very fortunate to count Stan as, as a friend. And I think you feel the same way as well. Yeah, for he sure. wrote a book about the importance of doing the little things and how little things make a big difference. And, and the book is called Purple Goldfish. And he has a whole... Quite literally, a gold, a uh, goldfish series: yep. blue goldfish, red goldfish. But purple goldfish was the first one, and it really, um, really changed my way of thinking in terms of serving others in the business world, and making sure that uh, you fo- focus on the little things, those little extras that uh, what's he called glue, glue. that uh, <laughs> uh, hold hold people together and, and kind of build that loyalty. And so I think I've probably given that book to. Jeez, I'd say 25, 30 people by this point. Wow. That's really yeah. good. That's really yeah. good. cool, man. I'm curious. Why don't you, you know, we don't flip or flip it a lot. What, 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 what about you? And you can't say your own book. Yeah, no, I probably have given that out a lot. But uh, the, I would say there's probably three that pop into my head. So there's um, E Myth Remastered, mm-hmm. which I give mm-hmm. to anybody who's wanting to start a business. Um, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Yep. I knew that yep. was coming. Yep, yep. That's, that's one of my favorites. And then uh, What to Do When It's Your Turn uh, by Seth Godin. Those are yep. like three that I've handed out a lot individually. So I, I would say that's my second one is What would you, what to Do When It's Your Turn by Seth, Seth Godin. I've probably given that out to 20 people or so. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Cool. cool. Um, do you want to do another I, one? I do. Okay. Why not? I got nothing better to do. Um, and look, it's Friday. People are kind of whittling their way <laughs> trying to figure out how they can get home quicker. Yeah. Um, Every time you think about blank, you can't help but smile. Every time I think about, oh, well, every time I think about beer, for sure. But uh, I would say that every time I think about uh, the Bruno Mars tune that, uh, what the hell is that song called? Um, The, what is that song called? Yeah, I don't know. That's why I asked you the yeah, question. Yeah, I know. You're going to be a smartass about that. Um, How dare you, sir? Yeah, it's the – but anyway, that, the, the pretty much most Bruno Mars songs, if I'm just being honest, tend to make me smile. But uh, right. there is a specific Bruno Mars song that is eluding me right this second. But, uh, That's okay. It's, uh, it's one of those songs that every single time It's not time Locked I hear, Out of Heaven, is it? Uh, no. No. Uh, no, it's it's the one that he did with a DJ that it. I it's the dance one you yeah, did, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that, that, every single time, it makes me smile and it makes me. Want I to know dance. what it is. Are you ready? Yes, please. Uptown. Uptown Funk. Funk. Thank you. Good lord, I love that song. It's making me smile right now. 
Clearly, you love it so much I you knew you don't were say that. know the name. Yeah, of it's it. called fill in the blank because you're asking me questions I don't know the answer to and I don't know are coming. So kiss my ass. That sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> you want got one more before we, uh, yeah. we close the window on this platinum level broadcast? Absolutely. So uh, we talk about you and I because we're in different areas. We we tend to talk about national stuff, but I always, yep. also like digging into sort of local stuff. Yeah. So for you. The yes, favorite sir. local event that you like to attend where you are is? It is uh, a Dickens of a Christmas. So I live in Franklin, Tennessee, which is about the most bucolic, has the most bucolic downtown area of any place I've ever lived. Bucolic? Like, yes. We're using SAT words. We are! <laughs> and um, so it is Mayberry. And yeah. the downtown area is gorgeous. And they shut it down about uh, six times a year for... Uh, festivals and events and right about the second weekend of december they shut it down and they hire probably about 200 people and they walk around as various victorian um characters out of charles dickens book that relate books that relates to christmas um and it's just fantastic and there's all sorts of food and music and it's cold and you see the ghost of christmas past and the ghost of christmas future it's it's just a wonderful event and there's all sorts of choirs singing it's just it totally gets you in the mood for the season. You know, when uh, everything is now we buy online and it's I just got to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. It's the one time where I just feel like for a couple hours I can just wander around. I'll see people I haven't seen in a while who live near me. And um, you can walk around with, uh, you know, some mead and grog. And nice. it's just a fun event and just just uh, just love it i mean i'm just smiling thinking about it um but at least i knew the name of it right so um so there's that you know what else i know the name of kirby what's that bill aim smart eqp and again it's it's the temperatures rising the yes. fevers are high it's that time of year spring fevers hit you got to turn your clocks forward tomorrow right yeah so it's time to be a little bit more competitive so you know, if you're interested in taking a look at the AIM Smart EQP, EQP community, go to smarteqp.com slash unscripted. Get the details. Find out how you can benefit from being part of that great community today. Kirby, as always, it's been a pleasure yes, sir. By podcasting at an extremely high level with you. Today. Yeah, good to talk to you, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at PromoCorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.